0: Don't forget that an easy way to support Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories is through Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com backslash Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories puts you into a reservoir of extra content from the show. Yeah, there's tons of stuff there from extra episodes where Murdoch and I talk about playlists or top five lists that we've made, uh, all the way to outtakes, extra moments from the show, especially recently, I know, you may not think we edit, but we do. We do a lot of editing on the show, and sometimes there's big chunks of our conversations that get cut out for time, and you can have them. They're up there on the Patreon, along with weekly newsletters where Murdoch and I run down music we're listening to, things going on in our personal lives, headlines from the rock and roll world, a whole lot of stuff. Uh, You can get involved and uh, make it really easy to uh, get in touch with us. There's a, a messaging system within Patreon uh, that uh, makes it very easy to communicate directly with both Murdoch and I. So if you want to do all that, if you want to be a little closer to the show and have a lot more content uh, for your listening pleasure throughout the week, then go ahead. Patreon.com backslash rock and roll bedtime stories, five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month gets you two different levels of access or just, you know, create a free account and see what you're missing. You can do that as well. <laughs> it's patreon.com backslash rock and roll bedtime stories.
1: Don't go to sleep. Mother. Don't go to sleep. And do me a favor. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired.
0: Well, what the hell are you saying, Doss? You lose half your body sleeping. I, I sleep pretty hard.
2: Welcome to Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. Hey,
0: it's Brian. And hey, it's Murdoch. And welcome to Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. We are the story guys at gmail.com. That's how you get involved in the show. And managing the mailbag along with us today in seat number three, it's executive producer Leif. Tell us where we're headed today, Leif.
1: So, uh, you've had a few letters piling up in the Stevie Wonder file. Stevie! Th-
0: Isn't it weird that he was little Stevie? Don't,
1: yeah. don't you worry. We're getting there. So, so,
0: hit us with the first of these. You say there's more than one. What's the first Stevie Wonder question?
1: Okay, so, I figured we'd start with uh, the first question that's more likely to be a little more straightforward. Okay. Uh, and it comes from Ashley, who writes the show to ask, The co-leader in my old band, the Royal Jelly. First Ooh. off, Ashley, great name for a band. Great name for a band. Um, co-lead singer, uh, recently passed, Cancer Sucks. Yes. Yes, it does. We, we all to that. Yep. And his most requested song was Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Oh. But I've heard that Stevie actually wrote this song for someone else. Is that true? Tell me all the goods. Sure. Jeff Beck. That's who we wrote it for. Oh,
0: so I love this story too because it reminds me of like when you're a little kid and you promise to give your toy to your best buddy and then you realize your toy's sort of awesome and you just try to pass off another toy instead. (laughs) You make excuses to keep that first toy for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, so
2: here's, here's, here's a little... Well, he's Stevie Wonder at this point. Here's his toy. In 72, during the talking book sessions, Jeff Beck gets invited to be a part of the fun in the studio with Stevie. Stevie played most of the instruments like He can, um, but he liked to have guitarists come in and mix it up, and that would be Jeff
1: Beck. Now, this is a quote from Stevie. I really didn't know too much about him. That's crazy right there. He didn't know (laughs) much about about Jeff Beck. He's in the fucking (laughs)
2: Yardbirds.
1: Yeah, but then I heard him play in New York. We were working on looking for another Pure Love, and I said to him, why don't you play on this? He thought that would be great. He laid one part down then another part, and another part. It was amazing.
0: The, the story, though, is that the payment that Jeff is going to get for helping out Stevie in the studio is that he gets to record a Stevie song because he's launching a new project, Beck, Bogart, and a piece. And, and here we are. Our show folk hero, Carmine Peace is back again. We cannot get rid of that guy. Uh, so now we're going to get him on the show. That's we're going to get that guy on the show one day. So they they create superstition quasi together. And the plan is that they are both going to record it. But to make good on the deal, Stevie says, listen, Jeff, you can record it first. Yeah. And then a couple things
2: happen. So the, the Jeff Beck project he's working on, it gets delayed. And then Barry Gordy at Motown does the thing like in Back to the Future where he has the phone and he's like, <laughs> hey, Stevie, this is going to be one of your biggest hits. So Stevie drops it in October of 72. So he goes first and then Beck doesn't put out his version until just around like several months later in March of seventy three, and those months make a big difference.
0: Oh yeah. Stevie claims and and this is much later, there's an interview where he will say that he tried to keep the record label from releasing Superstition first and said, oh, that shouldn't be the first single. But listen, everybody knew what they were doing. You hear that song, and you're like, "There you go. no, we're letting this song out of the bag fast. Uh, and so he then goes to, to Beck and has to break the news. And it doesn't seem to
2: spoil things too badly, because later in his career, Beck will record two other Stevie songs, which is interesting, because we've ended his lovers. And Thelonious, that's from the 75 Blow by Blow LP. And the two guys reunite at the... 25th anniversary show of the rock and roll hall of fame in 2009 and they performed superstition
1: all right so here's my question for you fellows: is superstition stevie wonder's most famous song
0: there are so many
1: i mean i don't know if we can pick
0: one i like i like there's i just called to say i love you there's part-time lover there's Uptight, which is maybe my favorite, if we're just picking, which also makes me think of Mr. Holland's Opus. Shouts to that soundtrack, which I have on actual compact disc and listen to quite often. Uh, even though that is a problematic movie, it is close to my heart. Very problematic. <laughs> there is a whole subplot that movie where you are like, wait a second. I watched this movie when I was ten, and I totally, I totally missed the Rowena thing.
2: I could choose Higher Ground. I like okay. his version better than what the Chili Peppers took a dump on it for sure. That's my just my personal opinion. <laughs> for sure. Uh by the way, Silver Linings Playbook is a trigger for me because that entire thing is about me. Um if I was Bradley Cooper in that handsome, so I don't want to hear <laughs> that Stevie Wonder song ever again. But I always think about Isn't She Lovely. That's the one I think because it's like at it, these big milestone occasions in people's lives like you hear of, that song.
1: Of course, Isn't Isn't She Lovely is a great song that the three of us as fathers would would be drawn to. It's such a Great and iconic song about the beauty of his newborn baby Little girl.
0: baby. Aww. Yeah.
1: And if you just start to type in Stevie Wonder isn't into YouTube, the first prompt that comes up isn't for the song about his baby daughter. What is it, Brian? Hold on. Let me do it. <laughs> Holy shit. Stevie Wonder isn't blind. What? Wait.
0: Which leads us to oh the second God. letter. Oh my God! What are we doing? What are we doing? Day. What? What is this? Read a letter. Why is someone writing this? Read this letter
1: to us. All right, from John in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Hey guys, I love the show when things get weird and wild. Thanks, John. I, th- it's definitely getting <laughs> weird and wild tonight. Uh, lately, I've been seeing these TikTok videos about how Stevie Wonder isn't really blind. Fucking TikTok. This sounds like a conspiracy theory that you guys can get to the bottom of. Jesus
2: Christ. These videos that pop up when you search this feature celebrities, there's like Steve Harvey,
1: Shaq, uh, Lionel Richie, and Boy George. (laughs) You you are totally right, Murdoch. Totally right. But before we get to all these celebrities, I have to ask you guys something about conspiracy theories. So what are the conspiracy theories that y'all believe in? What, Brian, what's one? What's a
2: conspiracy theory
0: that you believe?
2: So that's a tough.
0: Believe is is a is
2: strong a term. One?
1: Like I
0: don't know if if what I believe. I will say that my favorite to think about is the reptilian thing. Like I've probably oh, said this so... on this show before, but. I, I, I just I remember finding out and I've said this on another show I remember being on uh, About time podcast years ago with uh, our comedian friend Sean and Patrick and they asked me this question well, what's your favorite conspiracy theory and around that time I'd gotten into going to YouTube and just like typing in any celebrity's name and then is a reptilian and there would be some video. <laughs> Of someone in their bedroom being like, like showing you video clips of a press conference or like a movie premiere where someone and they, and I don't know why I'm just confessing this among friends, me, you, and our listeners. Everyone uh, listens to this. I, I sort of I, I like have this weird animal attraction to Miley Cyrus, and there's a whole Miley Cyrus is a reptilian thing go, that, that yeah. was going on a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I just so I've been down that wormhole, but yeah. I don't know if there if there's any I. I believe, believe. How about you?
2: I had a, my favorite one that, of course, it's been, dis, it's, it's been proven it's false. And I'm not a 9-11 truther. I'm just saying that up front was Building 7. So yeah, if you watch it, it burns seven hours. It like this after 5 p.m. is when it fell, but it fell straight down. And it just looks like a, a demolition. Plus, there's this video... And if you can find it, his name is Sergeant Bennett, Secret Service, and he's in Building 7. He's evacuated people from the building, and this awful (laughs) alarm's going off. And some reporter is following him around with a camera talking to him. And then this this is real, what I'm telling you, because that actually happened. And then a couple of years later, he was charged, a federal charge, as a felony because he they the Secret Service, the FBI. They gave him these cars t- that were around the World Trade Center, and basically said, "Take these to a landfill." And he didn't. He gave one to his mom oh. and like gave <laughs> one to his kids. And so they charged him and bl- charged him for that. And when the, when it got to court, the judge laughed about it in a way of like, "I can't believe that you're you're charging him for this." It's like, oh my god, you know, because they were sort of like, okay, well he was basically standing around at the World Trade Center where a terror attack happened and he stole a bunch of cars that you were gonna put in a <laughs> landfill.
1: Probation. So uh, you have yeah, spent so time. You have spent time here. Leif, do you have a favorite one? I remember in high school we took like three days in a in one of my classes, it was like an audio video class, that someone hung themselves in um, Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah, And we yeah, debated yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. It was a big deal. Did we talk about that on the show? I think we talked about that way back on the Pink
0: Floyd episode. Think yeah, we, I think I might Because what's the, isn't it like a bag or something? It's but, a pro-
2: it's some, a prop or something from the set. It's yeah. like not a person.
1: I know you used to live in Denver. Did you ever believe in the Denver oh, airport conspiracy? This even?
2: one is mm-hmm. pretty good, too. Yeah. This one's really I, good. Yeah. We, every, everyone talked about it. I was a carpet bagger to that state, man. So it's, I, felt, I felt weird to have an opinion. Opinion about it i just let everyone talk about it
1: and it just sounded so freaking weird just just so everybody knows it, it's supposed there's all kinds of things about like it's sort of the the gateway to the underbelly of of the illuminati and all all kinds
0: so of so it's it's a little so. bit like that spot in kansas that we uh, talked about on the yeah, show exactly recently.
2: yeah
1: <laughs> it's the depths well, I, of hell are I, under
2: the denver airport did you see rob reiner come out and he had a podcast and he was like oh yeah I've been I've been investigating the JFK thing since it happened in '63, and we're gonna have a what? podcast. And I know the four and I know the four people that are involved in, in shooting him.
0: What? And, right. And it's like Rob Reiner. Uh, I will say that's one I might you could you could convince me you could convince me on yeah. that one. And then what the Siron Siron thing with RFK? I love Bobby Kennedy's son who's
2: running. I don't love him. Bobby <laughs> Kennedy's son who's running for president. I love his conspiracy theory about how his father was shot. I'm not even going to explain it because I don't need to give him airtime. He's got it already, but it
1: is messed up. We, um, we all have computers. Just look it up. It's, yeah. Or, or don't, don't. Don't give clicks. So, yeah, the, the JFK conspiracy theory is one that permeated our culture for years. Oh, yeah. So, isn't there a Stephen King book about this? There is. And yeah. ultimately, a, a work of fiction made me change my mind on it probably forever. It's 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 the kind of sci-fi that I like, and it's, it's one of those that talks about Oswald actually did it alone. Oh, okay. But the reason why the conspiracy theories keep on just sort of latching on is because people can't understand that this Oswald guy, who's just sort of this loser – it doesn't add up. Like it someone that match.
0: insignificant shouldn't be responsible for something so significant. Exactly.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Exactly. That, I follow. Right. That. It's it's like a huge algebra equation. It it, it ha- everything has to add up, and that's that's really why conspiracy theories they work because people say, oh, this this doesn't all doesn't add, add up. up. Right. Yeah. 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 So I did a little bit of research about the first conspiracy theory ever, and the interesting thing is that conspiracy theories have been around for a lot longer than than I thought. I I just thought JFK, you know, that's sort of when it when it happened. But the first known publication of the phrase conspiracy theory was back during the Civil War in 1863. Good. Grief, really? Yes, the New York Times published a letter to the editor that stated the belief that British aristocrats were purposely trying to weaken the United States during the Civil War in to line their own pockets. Wow. So obviously that
0: conspiracy theory of English well-to-dos did not succeed in helping the Confederacy win the Civil War. Nope. (laughs) Take take that, you English bastards.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So the more I began to research conspiracy theories and how they evolved from mid-19th century to now, the more it sort of hurt my head. One leading expert I did find was a guy named Jesse Walker. And Jesse Walker states... All conspiracy theories are rooted or can be categorized in five different distinctions. Okay, so they,
0: you said this to me, and I'm really interested in this because I've never heard it put this way. So these are the categories. The enemy outside, which refers to theories based on figures alleged to be scheming against a community from without it. The enemy within... Conspirators lurking inside the nation, indistinguishable from ordinary people, right? The enemy above, so that's powerful people, manipulating events for their own gain. And then the enemy below, featuring the lower classes working to overturn the social order. And then benevolent conspiracies, which are angelic forces working behind the scenes to improve the world and help people, which... (laughs) Is that
2: real? (laughs) I think benevolent conspiracies sounds like it's like a really like if the Rockettes had an opening act, that would be the benevolent conspiracies. It does sound like a bunch of grandmas talking at a nursing home about benevolent conspiracies while they're playing
1: while they're playing spades. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Actually, it makes sense to me. I, uh, I me too.
0: I really like this because I feel like I like to be able to categorize things. I feel like any conspiracy theory I've heard, it's very easy to to know which bucket to put it in. So I like that. Thank you, Life. That's very helpful.
1: Now, how, where
0: does Stevie Wonder fall?
1: In all of this. All right. Wh- which bucket is that? Stevie Wonder was born Stephen Hardaway Judkins, May thirteenth, nineteen fifty, Saginaw, Michigan. He was born six weeks premature, and the doctors put him in an incubator. Uh, Evidently, the incubator had too much oxygen in it because it uh, caused something called ROP, which is retinopathy of prematurity. Prematurity, It causes the eyes to stop developing and the retina to become detached from the eye. It can cause blurry vision if it's not treated quickly, blindness.
2: And back in the 50s, I mean, what were they going to do, right? With a premature baby, they couldn't fix the retinas. And Steve grew up blind, and his parents were divorced. His mom took him to the Whitestone Baptist Church in Detroit, and he took up playing piano drums and harmonica, obviously at a very
0: young age. Well, we throw the term prodigy around a lot nowadays, uh, but that's, I mean, I I don't know if there's another way to describe Steve Judkins back in the 50s. So he starts playing music at parties. And then he starts playing at churches, and then he starts busking around on the street. And when he's 11 years old, he sings a song that he wrote called Lonely Boy to this guy, Ronnie White, who's in this group, The Miracles. And and Ronnie White is so impressed by Judkins that he takes him, puts them in front of Barry Gordy of Motown Records.
1: Have y'all ever done anything about Barry Gordy? We've We've talked about him a lot. Yeah, we've talked talked about him. He comes
0: up. He comes up. But I don't think we've done a full episode on Barry Gordy.
1: Barry Gordy obviously was impressed by Stevelin judkins he brought in uh, one of his producers and songwriters a guy from uh, motown called clarence paul and they gave Stevelin hardaway judkins a new stage name
2: it's little stevie wonder so you can say all you want about barry gordy being influential and, and what he brought to pop culture and music and i mean it's super significant but he falls in line with every other douchebag person we've ever talked about <laughs> that screwed over every artist. So, he paid Little Stevie Wonder 250 a week and put all the royalties in a trust. What? Whatever he's, yeah, what
1: $2.50 a week. We want to make sure no one thinks it's 200. Somebody do the math. What, what's the
0: math? 1961 to 2024, how much is 250 now? It's $25. Oh my god. Really? Say so Yeah, and he was
2: putting it in a trust. He couldn't even get the money.
1: All right, so uh, the first year Stevie Wonder's career, he spent in the studio with Clarence Paul. They worked on two albums at the same time. First, they recorded an album called Tribute to Uncle Ray, which was an album of covers by Ray Charles. Uh, The second album that Paul recorded was an instrumental album called The Jazz Soul of Little Stevie. Oh, yeah. Both were recorded when he was... Eleven years old,
0: slacker. <laughs> they weren't even re- released in that order, weren't they? Released in the reverse order, so like Jazz Soul of Little Stevie comes out in s- September of '62, and then Tribute to Uncle Ray. You know they wait a whole month uh, to just yeah. drum up
1: the demand. It comes they out don't October. want to saturate the market, obviously. <laughs> so also in 1962, uh, Stevie Wonder begins to tour the Chitlin' Circuit. Oh yeah, with the Motortown Review, one gig in particular. At the Regal Theater in Chicago, was recorded and turned into a live album. God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine 13. being thirteen and already recording two studio albums and a live album? And had a song called "Fingertips" uh, that was an encore with a backup bass player who can be heard in the recording asking, "What key is the song in?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> you this can't li-
1: hang, man. You can't hang with Little Stevie. Y- this live track of Fingertips becomes Stevie Little Stevie Wonder's first number one hit, and he became the youngest person in the history of the Hot 100 to have a number one hit. Good Lord. And the
2: fun fact: the drummer on that track was Marvin Gaye.
0: Oh my god, get
1: and, out! And and little Stevie, he played the bongos on that. That that's a percussion <laughs> section that you want to have. So, lots of albums. He's got number one hits. He's also got something else, Brian. He's got movies. There were a couple very forgettable... movies. Very forgettable Frankie and Annette beach movies that Little Stevie Wonder uh, appeared in. One of which, Mr. Warmth himself, Don Rickles, introduces (laughs) Little Stevie Wonder to the audience. It's... (laughs) It's oh, very awkward.
0: My God. there There is something else that happens to a young man during this period in his life, and it's not just number one hits and movie deals. <laughs> <laughs> Did
2: I do that well? Is that how, that how the, your voice changes? Man, I yeah. love that episode of the Brady Bunch. It's like the, the funniest one.
1: You're right. Little Stevie Wonder's voice It starts to change because he's going through puberty. There were a few people at Motown that thought they should drop him. They should drop Stevie Wonder from the label. Can you imagine if they'd done that? Hopefully he would have gone somewhere else. But, But, I mean, Motown was the game back then. Ultimately, it was a singer named Sylvia Moy. Oh, yeah. She talked to Barry Gordy herself, begged him to reconsider dropping Wonder. So she asked Gordy if she could find him a hit, it would keep him on the label.
0: But this is a great story too. So Moy's listening to Wonder and he's just riffing on the piano and he starts to write this song that's going to become uptight and he's working with this guy, Hank Cosby. And Wonder records the song and Moy has to sing the words into Wonder's ears one line ahead of him because he can't, you know, he can't see it.
1: Far out. So they dropped Little from his stage name and his career just rocketed off. A uh, span of four years At the end of the 60s, Wonder had Motown hits like Sign Still Delivered, I'm Yours, For Once in My Life, My Sharia Moore, and I was made to love her. All of this happened before Stevie Wonder turned 21 years old.
0: Well, and then I guess he gets the trust, but also his contract with Motown expires at 21. So he leaves Motown for a year, but eventually comes back, renegotiates the deal, and has, you know, a little bit of a higher
2: royalty rate. And in the 70s, like for me, this is where as an artist he really takes off. He starts experimenting with synthesizers and he really falls in love with them and that becomes a big part of his music. And so he starts recording records that aren't pop hits. They turned out to be
0: Inner Visions, Songs of the Key of Life. I mean, all killer yeah. stuff. And you know, during the 1976 Grammys, Paul Simon wins Album of the Year. And I don't know if you've ever seen this, but he he thanks Stevie Wonder for not making an album so he could win. <laughs> That's just, <laughs> good old Paul Simon. We haven't we haven't spent enough time on Paul Simon on the show either. Yeah. Our friends at Audio Engine have sent us some really nice speakers to outfit the studio at Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories with, and it has made a difference. Plus, they're so easy to move around. So, you know, sometimes when we have a party. They're, they're out there providing the music as well. If you want to experience uh, really nice speakers at an affordable price, Audio Engine is your ticket, and you can get a special deal when you uh, check out the link in the show notes. Not only will you get premium speakers for yourself, Audio Engine promises to kick a little bit back to this show, to Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. So support us and support your listening habit audio engine, check it out, hit the show notes now and uh, see how you might be able to change the way you listen.
2: Also during the seventies, we talk about things like this all the time where there's car accidents, motorcycle accidents. And Stevie was riding a vehicle that was involved in a wreck and Stevie was in a coma for a few days. And when he came and when he came to, this is so terrible. He had a temporary loss of taste and a partial loss of his sense of smell. Good Which God. is nuts. And speaking of all that, and what have probably was the weirdest spot for Stevie to ever be and being blind in the room is that he was part of the infamous drug-fueled, a toot and a snore 74 session in a room with Lennon McCartney, Harry Nielsen, and Bobby Keys. <laughs>
1: Yeah, And the great thing is Lennon's, you can hear Lennon on uh, one of the tracks offering uh, Stevie Wonder some blow. yep that's that's correct
0: i mean like we are barely scratching the surface right like an amazing
1: career i'm glad you mentioned paul mccartney because the video that all of this conspiracy theory the the stevie wonder truthers and i cannot believe i'm using the term stevie wonder truthers
2: uh comes back
1: (laughs) to a video from 2010 in which mccartney received the gershwin prize At the White House. Uh, So the program was recorded by PBS. And towards the end of the program, Paul McCartney and his band are singing Hey Jude. It's a great sing-along song, right? Everybody loves to sing Hey Jude together. So all these celebrities start flooding the stage and start singing. Brian, you are not ready for the list of people that got on stage for this sing-along. Hit me. Hit me with it.
2: And I've, I've seen this clip. So it was Grohl was there, Dave Grohl, the Jonas Brothers, yes. the Obamas, right? So Michelle and Barack are there, Elvis Costello, Jerry Seinfeld, who doesn't know which the beat, the one of the three to clap on, Amy Lou Harris, <laughs> Jack White, which is crazy, Faith Hill, and then no longer little Stevie Wonder.
1: All these guys singing on stage, Paul McCartney runs up to sing next to the Obamas, and all the mu- musicians, they stop playing for a bit, and everybody's just clapping along singing hey jude and after a second paul runs back to his piano across the stage in front of stevie wonder and when he runs back he accidentally hits a microphone stand and the mic stand starts to fall and suddenly it looks as though stevie wonder catches the mic stand that is falling with his left hand
0: it's the stevie wonders a brooder film <laughs> it
1: is <laughs> It's it is it's back into the left, back into the left.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, so what, what do you think? What do you think of this, Murdoch? You go first. What do you think?
2: I, so we've all watched it, and I think it's a it's a whole lot of nothing. You know, it's it's not like a person wasn't running by Stevie, and he, he could not sense that.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, this all seems like a weird stretch to me.
1: Of course, it does. The internet is the best and worst thing to ever be invented, <laughs> and we all know how. Things start off slow. Uh-huh, they uh-huh. spread like a big dumbass wildfire, <laughs> and you know if there's one thing it's my band in high school, sh- big
0: dumbass wildfire.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if there's one thing the internet's shown us is that there can be a lot of insensitive assholes out there.
2: People have trumped up theories that Stevie isn't blind because he goes to. This is true. This is the other thing. <laughs> he sits courtside at basketball games. Which now is just
0: like let it, even just let it sink in. The getting other video, the, getting the, upset yeah. about that makes you the biggest asshole in the world, right? And he wears a watch. What the <laughs> fuck? What the fuck? The Stevie wear a watch for?
2: That's how people. It was right there in
1: front it. of us the whole time. There's so many people out there that think this insensitive <laughs> shit. I know my dad. One time, we were driving down the road and we stopped at the stoplight, and there was this beep. For the crossing, and my dad said, what's that for? I said, it's so blind people can cross the street. He's like, blind people shouldn't be crossing the street? I'm just like, <laughs> they're people, dad. <laughs> they're people. Are they going to put them in little red wagons
0: and pull, somebody pulls them across the street? <laughs> well, we yeah. – so in, in our town, we – and I mean I think this is everywhere, but we uh, – American Printing House for the Blind is headquartered here. And so there's a certain part of town that I used to live in that is very heavily centered and in, in made for blind students because they have a school there. And so there were quite a few blind individuals who would be walking around at any given point. And so all the crosswalks, uh, they, they have a lot of audio signals that go along with and-
1: them. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's there's a train track really really close to that Mm -hmm. place too. Yeah yeah yeah.
0: So all of this Mm -hmm. obviously is very important. But when they got the guy to do the audio cues, they didn't call like a professional broadcaster. They got it must have been like somebody's uncle Mike because whenever he does the, it's like walk sign frankfurt avenue <laughs> so yeah. like what the hell who is that my, my kids yeah. and i have for years that's a, a running joke that anytime we hit a crosswalk we have but to the, listen to the it's guy. the same in my neighborhood too
2: because we get up to go to the coffee shop and it goes walks on third street walks <laughs> on third street and i've been. I I think one time, Brian, you and I were watching some stand-up as an open mic, and there was a guy 100% not from this town. And he made a joke about it, and the joke fell flat. It was sort of like the whole room was like, are you making fun of our redneck that tells how blind people are supposed to walk? <laughs> the
0: Listen, joke fell we're, al- we're allowed to make fun of that guy, but you are not. <laughs> yeah. You are not good, sir. You can take that you-
1: shit back to Indiana. Yeah, you take your Yankee jokes and stick it up there with your sourdough bread. ESPN's Bomani Jones. I listened to a podcast with him, and he is a big, big Stevie Wonder isn't blind guy. And he said the fact that Stevie Wonder at one point said he wanted to be on Dancing with the Stars was a reason why he could not be blind, because blind people evidently cannot dance dance right <laughs> that, that's right
2: all of this is really it it's really like insensitive behavior uh,
1: really. well it just sort of
0: shows off people's own insecurities and fears and ineptitude i mean it's also a thing people don't
1: understand right everyone is everyone has these fears of being blind we think of it as a way of something either black or white literally seeing or complete darkness but there's got to be different levels of blindness
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, the video that proves without a doubt that Stevie is blind has to be his induction to in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I actually watch that thing. I swear I do, even though I complain about like how some people shouldn't be in it. I still watch the induction anyway. But Stevie asks the photographers to stop taking pictures for a few moments, and he takes off his sunglasses.
0: Yeah, and it's easy to see that his those eyes are not like your eyes or my eyes. There's something happening
1: there. Exactly, and people might say, well, why is he asking to take the pic- to people to stop taking pictures? well, because obviously the flash bulbs hurt his eyes even if he's blind you're, just because you're <laughs> just because you're blind doesn't mean your eyes can't hurt obviously but people just can't get they, i don't think they want to wrap their heads around someone just being a genius someone that is that has a disability can be smart and intelligent and insanely talented it's it's just dumb old prejudice small-mindedness just small thinking
2: and the reason why some of these celebrities have all these funny stories about stevie wonder driving cars and playing jokes on people is because he's just funny yeah it's like yeah, yeah. people yeah. people kind of short-changed muhammad ali and, and didn't understand that he was freaking funny that he played jokes on people that yeah. he would drive up at a red light and he'd roll down the window and just stare at people and he <laughs> he just, just like to <laughs> screw around with people. And I'm old enough to remember, because I, I think about it all the time, it's the fake commercial and it's SNL and it's like, the new Pentax camera is so easy, even Stevie Wonder can use it. And it shows Stevie Wonder taking pictures with a camera and it's like, the ground, the bush, the sky, part of someone's shoe. Um, <laughs> and and you the best,
1: and the best is when in the commercial when Joe Piscopo—that's how old that clip is—he starts taking pictures of Stevie Wonder playing tennis, and Stevie Wonder playing tennis goes <laughs> terrible. He just misses the ball. He just misses it. At some one? point, some point he's he's literally ass backwards, like
0: swinging. <laughs> Oh, man. So I, none of us are blind, as we've said. And there is obviously like a lot to learn here about the variations of blindness, etc. And so I went and turned to the larger world of our listeners to get a little bit of insight. And and we, we did hear from a guy named Ed, who had this story, which I thought was really helpful, right? So he says, since he was about two years old, my brothers had two glass eyes. So... He definitely cannot see anything. Wow. If he's in a familiar area where he doesn't need his cane or a dog, he has fooled, quote-unquote, quite a few people into thinking he can see. When we were kids, we used to chase each other around the house, and before he learned to use a cane, he could meet me at the park a few blocks away. I've actually watched him catch things that surely needed sight to see coming. That nudge in the second video, now he's referring to this video with Stevie wonder that nudge in the second video. I've actually seen him and his blind friends. My brother do that all the time. It's a sort of way of establishing your surroundings. And in fact, the way in which Stevie wonder does it is almost telling I've been around my brother's blindness for 24 years. And there are certain mannerisms that I've never seen any sighted person replicate. I know that's a bit anecdotal, but maybe someone else who has been around blindness will agree. There are certain gestures, ways of moving and communicating that are just unique to blind people. People who are blind for a very long time adapt to their surroundings. And in middle school and high school, my brother took lessons on how to replicate a sighted person's nonverbal communication. Gosh. Can you imagine taking that class? He learned the importance of facing whoever is speaking, using your hands to elaborate, like talking with your hands and using appropriate facial gestures when you're speaking. Like there's a class.
1: Wow. And on that note, there's also the LA times article, Uh, from back in 1999, uh, called Stevie Wonder, asks about eye surgery. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) This was a thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Stevie Wonder met with uh, a specialist about undergoing experimental eye chip surgery to correct his blindness, but was told that the operation probably would not help him, a uh, spokeswoman for a Baltimore Eye Institute said. The procedure uh, places a computer chip and this is, this is Win 99? this is when ninety-nine? Ninety nine. They had this technology in uh,
0: ninety-nine. I'm interested to know what they have now.
1: Yeah. And this computer chip stimulates cells uh that have completely deteriorated, but they said basically Stevie Wonder's eye damage was, was too bad. It was too severe.
0: Okay. So uh, we all agree Stevie Wonder is actually blind, correct?
2: Is actually blind. Okay. The the White the White House thing and the microphone is worth watching. I mean, it did, is. It's, uh, it's 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 fun.
1: Yeah, the, the stupidity of thinking someone would fake being blind for seventy years of his life is just stupid. <laughs> like,
2: but what, but what a what an amazing joke! Like it's like it's like that is like pure Andy Kaufman like brilliant. Oh uh, you know? wow, did,
1: suckers. So yeah, Speaking of speaking of jokes that would land really weirdly, did you see the tweet uh that evidently Paul McCartney uh said that he has a has a special friend that is gonna be on the mass singer and someone tweeted, wouldn't that be a really weird thing if John Lennon was was actually <laughs> alive and that's how he let everybody know?
0: That's fucked up.
2: I I almost I almost wish it was Andy
0: Kaufman instead. <laughs> Well, you know how to get involved in the show. We are the story guys at gmail.com. That's the easiest and quickest way. Support the show on Patreon, patreon patreon.com backslash rock and roll bedtime stories. Find us on Instagram, same place backslash rock and roll bedtime stories. And Laith, thank you so much for producing the show, for writing the show this week. We appreciate you. And uh, I'm going to let you do it. What, What should people keep doing until next time?
1: Keep telling stories. Rock
2: and Roll Bedtime Stories is a Story Guys production. The show is produced and edited by Brian Eichenberger. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.